going from L.A. party girl to Alaska trail worker, all while battling demons, including parental abuse and suicidal thoughts. The inspiring story of accomplished writer Lorna Rose on episode number 192 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You know, I, I was kind of living kind of this narcissistic life. I mean, it was all about me and and feeling good and, you know, being being seen and going to clubs to be seen. And it was really just, you know, all about me. And that's what I sort of started wondering at, you know, is, is this really all about me? Or I feel like maybe there's something bigger. You know, I feel like there's a horizon out there that I haven't looked at. Hi, this is Sherilyn Decker, author of Roar Back, where I help women transform struggle into strength. Dr. Brad Miller is here on the Beyond Adversity podcast to help you grow through the experience of going through adversity so you can experience peace, prosperity, and purpose. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, the show dedicated to helping you crush adversity and succeed in life. Brad believes you deserve a life that is fulfilling and impactful, and this show is designed to help you navigate beyond adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Now, here's Dr. Brad. Hello, good people, and welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. A pleasure and a privilege to welcome you into this conversation about things that matter about how you can overcome adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose, growing through whatever it is you go through. You can always plug in to drbradmiller.com for over 190 episodes of this podcast where we help you to process depression, divorce, disease, debt, death, anything else that puts you on the sideline, and to learn from others who have accomplished great things in their life and to advance and have a process to get through adversity and to have success in life. You can always go to the drbradmiller.com to get more information, and we have a free gift for you there. Today, we're talking with a person who has an incredible story. If you've ever had a story where you have had some situation of abuse or difficulty in your life, and you find yourself wanting to find a different pathway this is your story here today. A different pathway that sometimes means getting out of that location you are at and to change everything up and then to make mistakes and have difficulties and then change your life by breaking a pattern. Lorna Rose is our guest today, and she has the incredible story of growing up in an abusive family and having suicidal thoughts and some really bad things in her hometown area, then moving out to Los Angeles to try to find, oh, perhaps fame or stardom or something new there, and end up being an L.A. party girl, as she describes it. Then we talk about how she transitioned from that to be an Alaska trail worker and then find, found her pathway to new things through writing, and through a change of her mind. We liked here in the Beyond Adversity talk, podcast to talk about the feelings people have, what we can learn, and then what we can do about it. You're going to feel with Lorna today the story of her transition and the, the turmoil she had in her inner life 
and how it dealt with the abuse and so on was a great part of that, and how she tried to find an escape in the L.A. party girl life, but how an incident where she made a decision to join AmeriCorps and become a part of a trail working team in Alaska was a real pivotal moment for her. We're going to learn about uh, what uh, those feelings she had in that whole process and how she began to process them through writing. And then we're going to learn what she did, which included writing and journaling to understand her own uh, place in life and to inspire others and how breaking this pattern of joining AmeriCorps was a big part of this. She is now an accomplished writer and uh, blogs at lornarose.com. That's L-O-R-N-A-R-O-S-E.com. She is an accomplished writer with recognition from the Pacific Northwest Writers Association and the Oregon Poetry Association and has contributed to blogs like The Good Men Project and Literary Mama. I'm excited for you to hear this story today. It's inspiring. It's informative. And when we come back on the other side of the the interview, we're going to talk about what you can do in your life learning from Lorna Rose. Let's get into that interview with Lorna Rose from LornaRose.com right now. Dr. Brad Miller here on Beyond Adversity. This is the podcast where we help you to grow through what you go through. And we love to talk to people who have had to face some adversity in life and have found some process then in their life to navigate through that. And our guest here today is Lorna Rose. Lorna is a very accomplished writer. She is involved with narrative nonfiction and poetry, and she is all about helping people to claim their feelings, to affirm their life, and to inspire others. Lorna Rose, welcome to Beyond Adversity. Hi, Dr. Miller. Thanks for having me. It is awesome indeed to have you here. You have you your blog at lornarose.com and if folks go there, they will find just all kinds of interesting things about your life and about your writing and about what you are all about. And here on our podcast, we really like to kind of get to the foundational story that led you to what you are up to now. And would you just share us a little bit about kind of the circuitous journey you took to where you're at now in life through some really challenging times early in your life? Let's hear your story. Sure, sure. So I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. I have three younger siblings and I had an abusive father. I would, he was verbally abusive to me. I was called a bitch and and stupid growing up. And as a result, I got really, really shy. I was also terrified of him. And um, contemplated suicide at one point. I just didn't mm. feel like I belonged anywhere. I don't. I didn't feel like anyone saw me. When I was 16, we found out that my dad had a secret family. He went back and forth to another Chicago suburb for 14 years, and he had three other boys with another woman. Wow, that's <laughs> that's pretty intense, but please go on. You've got more to tell, I know, but that alone is, wow, that's a wow moment there. It it sure was. And so I spent the next 10 or so years just sort of in this fog of promiscuity and drug use and drinking. And I, you know, I I felt mostly really alone. I, I didn't feel like anyone understood me. I was just very 
timid inside. And I did a lot of things to try and hide. Fast forward 10 years. So I'm, I'm 26 then, and I'm living out in Southern California. And I'm doing the party scene. I'm doing the LA. I've got the clothes and the makeup and the hair. And I'm spending a lot of evenings after work actually fantasizing I am an actress. And I'm actually... I literally sat in front of a mirror and interviewed myself and pretended it was People Magazine or Us Weekly that was interviewing me because reality just was not fun. It just, it, you know, I, reality wasn't worth it. You know, I, I didn't, I wasn't living in the moment. I wasn't in the present. I didn't really know how to be. And so this fantasy life just felt was that all fantasy or were you actually trying to do through auditions and what have you to get into the entertainment world? You know, it was a little bit of both. It was, okay. you know, I knew it was a fantasy. I knew it was just sort of a departure from reality. And then part of it was pre preparation for the day that I was going to become famous. Well, how'd that, how'd that work out for you? <laughs> 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 it didn't. I nothing ever came of that time. I mean, I I was, you know, too. I mean, I was starstruck. I was, you know, in California, and I I would, I mean, I think I bumped into like Diane Lane once, and and like okay. Cuddy from Seinfeld, and I was all like, oh my gosh, you know, these these people live near me, and it's so exciting, and I want to become part of that world, you know. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I'm convincing myself that I've got a really good life. I mean, I've got a good job. I've got, you know, friends and we go to parties and I drive this hot red sports car and, you know, life is pretty good, you know, and, and I was, I spent so much time trying to convince myself of that, you know, because from the outside, it, it, it did look fun. You know, it did look good. Sure. Sure, the fantasy often does look good, but other stuff happens, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what else, what else happened here? What kind of led you then to some other yeah. directions here? So, uh, you know, I did this for a time, this party life. And then I kind of started to look at things differently. I, I started to look at my behavior I started to look at patterns and I started to look at my priorities and I started to ask myself, is this it? Is this it for me? Or is there something else? Is there something else that I should be doing? Because I kind of feel like there is. And I had no idea what, but something did not, something started to not feel good about my life and my lifestyle and the choices I was making. So you find and, yourself in some sort of a spiral type of deal going on here? Is that what was happening? Yeah, kind of. I mean, I just started to feel stuck and I started to feel like there was something bigger for me out there that, you know, I, I was kind of living kind of this narcissistic life. I mean, it was all about me and, and feeling good and, you know, being, being seen and going to clubs to be seen. And it was really just, you know, all about me. And that's what I sort of started wondering at, you know, is, is this really, 
all about me or I feel like maybe there's something bigger. You know, I feel like there's a horizon out there that I haven't looked at. Yes. And so I had heard of this program called AmeriCorps. And it was a, a volunteer program. It was a national service program. Basically what AmeriCorps is, it, it's, it's like a domestic Peace Corps. And AmeriCorps itself was started in the 60s. So it's been around a long time. It's a large service organization. You can yeah. teach, you can work with homeless, you can build houses, you know, do environmental work, which is what I ended up doing. Yeah. There's a lot of great things that happen. And so you tracked into that organization? Yeah. You know, I was just on their website one night. I, I don't know why. I was just on their website poking around. And I saw this opportunity to go to Alaska and work on hiking trails for five months. And I still remember the moment I saw that opportunity. Because I felt such joy regarding that opportunity and thinking about it that I hadn't felt since I was a little kid. Something triggered that sensitivity in yourself to be involved with something bigger than the narcissistic lifestyle that you were involved with. Yes. And I couldn't explain it. It made no sense. My thinking brain went, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You've never camped. You've never done <laughs> okay. manual labor. What the heck? What are you thinking? Why are you thinking about this? But I couldn't let it go. I could not let it go. It was like something inside me bolted upright and paid attention. And so you went. And so I went. I went. I I subletted my apartment in California and I went. I had no idea what I was getting into. I had no idea what I was doing. Because I assume it did involve camping and physical labor was a part of it, right? Yes. Yeah, every, every day. That was the the meat of it. And uh, I don't know, I, I just, it's, it, I felt like I didn't have a choice. Like this was fate. This was the universe talking to me that this is it, you know, and, and I, no matter how many excuses I made, I, I went, I ended up going and joining AmeriCorps and serving for five months. And it absolutely changed the trajectory of my life. Wow. That's awesome. And so out of that, you would you had this trajectory change from party girl, whatever you want to call it, to something else. What was the something else that you became? Aware, aware of myself and others, aware of community. I, I didn't really even know what community was. I had never experienced community before. And I became really introspective. I mean, I, I was able to sit with myself in a way that I hadn't before, in part because I, I had to. There were no distractions around. There was no cell service, no TV, no internet. It's just sort mm. of you 
in your tent at night. I mean, I was on a trail crew. I mean, there were eight other people, but man, you're, I was alone at night in my tent. But a complete, a complete departure from your lifestyle before just completely disconnect from that. Right. Yeah. Like, like I I can't think of a more opposite setting. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. And it was there that I began to deal with my demons. I had never dealt with my my dad and the fallout from that and what I experienced, the, the abuse I experienced as a child. I hadn't really delved into any of that. And Alaska gave me space to do that. Well, that is, that is awesome. So that led you then eventually to... Somewhere along the line, you took up writing to help you process some of this. I don't know if that happened in Alaska or wherever, but you eventually took up poetry and writing to help you process this. Tell me a little bit about how this led you there. Sure. So I did start journaling pretty heavy in Alaska. I should back up and say I was a I was a writer when I was little. I wrote little short stories. Okay. And just... Over the years, just got away from it. I'm from a family of businessmen and engineers, and I grew up, the thinking was very black and white. You know, there was one right answer. Everything else was wrong. There's no nuance. There's no gray. More of an analytical type of approach to things rather than kind of a artistic type of thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So my creativity wasn't encouraged by by most family members. So I kind of got away from it, you know, and then, you know, college and, and young adulthood happened. And I just just put it away completely. And then in Alaska, I started journaling. I wanted to document what I was going through. And I also wanted to process some of the things from the past that maybe I, I felt like maybe I was holding on to that I, I needed to work through. And journaling was one way to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I always feel like journaling is, it's very affirming in that you put your words down on paper and all of a sudden they go from inside your head, just these, these ideas swimming around in there to Mm -hmm. it's in, it's in, it's an ink on paper and it's living and breathing outside your head. And that can be really powerful. I like the way they put it in the legal profession. My wife is involved with the legal profession and they, when you write something, it's called memorializing it, you know, even in legal terms. And I think for us, when we journal, you know, I have my journal right next to me here at my workstation here, you know, we, memorialize it, you know, we get it out of our head onto paper or in some other form and it makes it real. Mm -hmm. Was that part of your experience as well? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It just, you can, and then you can, once you make it real, you can kind of, there's a new, there's a new level of ownership to it. You know, like you created this, you put your feelings on paper and now here they are. You know, and and then yeah. you can you can deal with them, and you can sort of do what you need to, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, you have 
well, you have the opportunity, I should say, in order to process it. Whereas if we just let things go in and out of our head, which is very possible, we can be distracted by any number of things, whether it's, you know, the social media or whatever is out there, or even in the wilderness, you know, you can see a squirrel go by, right? You can, you know, whatever (laughs) it is, but you can be, we allow ourselves to be distracted when you focus a little bit on putting pen to paper, whatever the process is, then you can go back to it as well. Be part of your, part of your process. And Mm -hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. And you know, I felt such big changes happening inside me in Alaska that I just, I needed to get it down. I'm a big processor and I Mm -hmm. needed the journal to help me process what was going on inside me because I I felt myself becoming another person while I was there. What would you say, Lorna, is some of the, especially as you think about how you can take your, what happened to you and be helpful to other people, what do you think are some of the action points you know, not everybody does this. You know that, Lorna. There's a lot of people in L.A. and other places who stay stuck in whatever their lifestyle is, you know, parties or otherwise, for a long time. And some people end up, you know, destroying their their lives. But you didn't. You made a pretty dramatic change to uproot your life in Los Angeles and head to Alaska, pretty far away, uproot everything you're about. So that's one change you made. But what do you think are some of the changes, both externally and in, internally, that you made that made a big difference for you? Uh, would you be specific as you can, some changes that you made? Sure. I think internally, what kind of started this whole thing, which I'm so glad I did, was I listened to my intuition. I As, as much of a party girl and as a, a go, go, go person that I was, I heard something inside me say, go to Alaska. And I'm so glad I gave myself space to listen to that. Because not everybody listens to their intuition, as you said. Mm -hmm. And you claimed it, didn't you? You claimed your intuition and you made it real for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I surprised a lot of people in the process. My friends and family I think pretty much everyone said, what are you doing? For the certain security in the, in the, you may be miserable in your life, but the certain security in the, 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 the known, you know, the known, the job, the lifestyle, whatever it is, a certain security in that, even if it's miserable. When you break out of that, you know, it's not as secure in some ways. But it is can be freeing sure. as well. Oh, and it was terrifying. Yeah. It was. So you look. Here's a couple of things I've noticed here. You listen to your intuition. You did something about it. You moved from Los Angeles to Alaska, and you changed the the kind of the values of your life from, you know, the camping and the journaling and the writing and the disconnecting, and uh, you changed those things. Anything else you think were just profound actions that you took that may be helpful to other people? When I returned to California, I held on to that. I held on to the journaling and the new priorities I had. And I got to know myself again. Hmm. So you didn't just fall back in the old patterns right away, did you? No. You know what? I actually, I remember I got myself into therapy. That was okay. something else another, I did when I returned to thing. 
to California. I was, I was ready for it. You know, I was ready to, to really dive deep. And I remember telling my therapist, I'm scared. I'm going to go back. I'm Mm -hmm. scared that all this personal growth that I did in Alaska is going to be all for naught because I'm going to go back to the clubs and the dating and the drinking. I'm, I'm, I'm worried that I'm going to go back, but I didn't, I didn't. Well, so many people do. There's that's a that's a a founded fear by that. You know, it is uh, yes. proven that people happen that. So, I think one of the things that happened this is just kind of my own thinking and take on things, Lorna, is that when we connect to something greater than itself and really, really ramp up the emotion of that, that helps us to stay on a on a pathway uh, that's more healthy and more grounded and more fulfilling. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that for a second for you. What connections did you make? You've already talked about this a little bit, but let's go a little deeper here. What connections did you make to something greater than self? What connection did you make with a higher power? Anything of a spiritual nature, meditation, religion, anything that may have been in your life that helped you say, okay, this isn't just about my own my own personal pleasures. There's something to connect to for a greater uh, a greater good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I alluded, alluded to before it was, I mean, I really believe that moment that I saw that opportunity with AmeriCorps, that was fate, the universe, higher power, however you want to say it. That was that talking that, that wasn't Mm -hmm. me. That was something else saying, this is for you. You need to go and do this. And, uh, and so, yeah, that, that certainly was something greater than Myself, and it, it's funny you use that terminology because I do as well. I became something greater than myself, mm-hmm. and and that is so. It's so valuable to have perspective like that, and it's also so valuable to have purpose. Yeah, that, that's awesome. I think a lot of folks, especially this time of year, we're in month of December. People start to think about transitions, new year, and all that kind of thing. A lot of people talk about having goals and goal setting, and that's important, I believe. However, I also think there's something to be said to be drawn to, you know, the, the kind of most magnetic power, the the tractor beam, if you will, being drawn to something greater than yourself. But you have to choose to get into that orbit. You have to choose to get into that, you know, get in that field there. And that's what you did. And that, that's an awesome thing. Let's talk for a minute, Lorna, about... Um, the people that you've left, but also the people you came into your life. I want to talk about the power of relationships. You talked a little bit about the, you know, the power of negative relationships, you know, destructive relationships. Let's talk about the power of positive relationships in terms of your personal transformation. And that could be interpersonal or it could be, you know, like mentors or it could be books or uh, tapes or things like this. Let's talk about any people who were influential influential upon you in this process, because I think most of the time we don't go through this completely on our own. Sure, sure. Well, you know, it's interesting. I talked before a little bit about getting to know my new self, you know, after I returned Mm -hmm. from California. And Mm -hmm. there were some sort of loose friendships, more acquaintances that I had before I left. And then when I got back those acquaintances and loose friendships became good friends. 
Okay. Because we could talk about stuff now. And I wasn't always, I didn't have to talk about myself all the time. You know, we could talk about real issues that, you know, affected our community or our, you know, our parents and, you know, environmental issues. And I mean, real issues. Yes. Whereas before I, I wasn't on that level, you know, I, I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't, I was, I was too busy letting people know how awesome I was. <laughs> and then you probably came to these uh, folks, you're talking about the deeper relationships. You probably became a lot more awesome once you made this change. I bet if we talked to those folks, that's what they would say. And I think and so. I, yeah. I think so. And at the same time, other friendships drifted. Yeah. And I, I let them drift. You know, and I, I mean, and to this day, I mean, I, I wish them well, you know, I, I hope they're doing well wherever they are, but they, we were just in, you talked about orbits earlier. We were just in, in different orbits, yeah. you know, and, and well, they didn't completely understand where I had been. Yeah. Well, we, you know, we change on many different levels, the emotional level, and this is one of them. And as we change, not everybody else changes as well. And so we, our orbits uh, change. Let's talk about then. I also like to talk about, I call it the, the cognitive, which is, you know, how we kind of take our new lifestyle and we make it a part of who we are through habits or through practices or through new lifestyle changes. You've mentioned journaling a couple of times, but what are some things that you've done? Journaling, I'm sure, is one of them that you do make a habit now, which are help to, you know, seal the deal, so to speak, with your life change. I, I'm a lot more aware of my impact on the environment. I don't know if that's the sort of thing you were going for, but absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's a big change I've made. I mean, everything from my clothes to, you know, using plastic bags at the grocery store to, I mean, to spending time outside, you know, spending time in nature, you know, and, and really valuing nature. And I mean, that's something that was not even on my radar before. Sure. Why don't one of the things you have done is you've done a lot of writing and that's one of the habits or I believe that, that you have to have some sort of a personal discipline about your writing. You wouldn't have accomplished so much writing. And that's uh, something to be noted here, I would think. And so let's talk about, about who you're writing for. You know, you're writing a little bit for yourself. But how do you serve other people through the writing? Tell us a little bit about the types of things that you've written. I know you've written several things for uh, for some journals and so on. Tell us a little mm-hmm. about your writing and how it serves others. So I write, like you mentioned, poetry, also narrative nonfiction, which is like personal essay and and whatnot. What I try and do in my writing is I want people to know that I see them. And so how I do that in my writing is I, I talk about things that might be surprising. I, I don't, I, 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 I like to stay away from the mainstream narratives that are out there. And I'll give you an example. So pregnancy, right? I, I have an eight-year-old and a six-year-old. Okay. And I write mainly about a couple things surrounding like pregnancy and parenthood. One of them is I had complications in pregnancy with my 
my daughter, my, my second born. And we at, at one point thought we were going to lose her. And so I, you know, there's a mainstream narrative, right, about pregnancy that it's always a happy thing. There's never anything wrong. You announce the news and it's wonderful. And nine months later, you have a baby and it's great. Well, my pregnancy didn't go like that. And so I write about it to make others feel less alone. Because that's actually more pregnancy complications of all sorts are more common than you and I think. Oh, I'm, I'm aware. I have my 35 year old daughter was a preemie baby, and there was a lot of complications in the sure. pregnancy. So yeah, I get yeah, that. And, that and yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, I've also been uh, involved in my ministry, involved with several situations like this, including a couple of situations where a child was stillborn and things like this. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So it seems to me in your writing and through this particular expression, through pregnancy and childbirth and so on, and writing about that, you're trying to answer that question that a lot of other people have. Is this it? You know, for instance, in the pregnancy there, as you mentioned, kind of the, 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 the narrative a lot of folks have, you know, it's wonderful, it's great, it's happy time and da-da-da, miracle of life and so on. But you're trying to reflect for some people that, okay, is this really what this is all about? Sure. sure. <laughs> and deal with the reality of it uh, as well. And, and that, that, you know, the other thing I write about, about actually, you know, becoming a mother is the mainstream narrative is that, you know, motherhood's great and it's special and you love it all the time and you love your baby from the start. And again, none of that happened for me. It took me a good three months to feel bonded with my firstborn. And so I write about that too, because I think that's more common than we think it is. It's just, it's not talked about, you know? So I want people to know that are having these feelings, these new moms that are having these overwhelming feelings. Hey, I see you and it's okay because motherhood can suck. There are times where it's (laughs) really, really, really hard. And, you know, for a long time, I didn't understand why everybody thought motherhood was so great for a long time because it was, you know, I was exhausted and I was grieving my own life and my son had feeding complications and it was, it was really hard. And I was like, you know, is this worth it? I don't know. And so I, I, I write about that stuff too. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, let's talk about who your writing then has impacted or your, your life has impacted and we can then come around to how you can continue to serve people. But what I'm interested in here now, Lorna, is maybe a story about a person who maybe read something that you've written or maybe you've had some contact with through some coaching or something like that, where you've seen some of what, you know, you've experienced a lot. You know, you came out of the party scene and you had a life transformation, go to Alaska. You've to process it through writing and through journaling and through writing in, in journals and be an award-winning uh, writer. And you got a bit more coming out. you got a lot of stuff going on. And your life experience has been able to speak to others. So let's hear the story of maybe a testimonial story about how something you've written or worked on has been helpful to someone else who's kind of asking that question, is this it? Sure. Sure. So I wrote uh, a couple of years ago, I wrote about my son and uh, he, he is what's called synesthesia, 
kind of a, a tough word. To I'm say, not familiar but, with that. Yeah. Okay. So you see, he sees colors when he hears a certain word or he hears a certain music note, he sees colors. And he also sees colors when we talk about emotions and stuff. He's very intelligent. He's also on the autism spectrum. Okay. And so I wrote this, this essay about when he was four and he and I were saying goodnight. And he asked me what color love was. Hmm. And so we kind of had a dialogue about it and, okay, okay, mommy, what color is fear? And we, we talked about that. And then in the essay, I go into being so terrified of SIDS, which is sudden infant death syndrome. Yes. Like when, when he was a newborn. Mm-hmm. And so I, I you know, I, I, I have this essay and I, I, I placed it in a journal called Motherwell, which is a journal for mothers and about parenthood. And this woman reached out to me and said, I read your essay and I just bawled because hmm. wow. that is my son. You were writing about my son. And I, I and, and that was neat. You know, this is someone I, I didn't profound. know, you know, mm-hmm. and then that was, it was special. Well, that's awesome. Well, folks are out there who are listening to our conversation here today are struck by your story. Lauren, and I know that they are because I know my listeners here and your story is going to strike a strike uh, a chord with a lot of folks. How can they be? become more aware of your work and what you're about. Tell us about what people will find, for instance, if they go to your website. How can people be connected to you? Sure. Well, you can contact me through my website, which is lornarose.com. It's L-O-R-N-A-R-O-S-E.com. And you can find my publications. You can find other interviews that I've done. And you can find my blog. I don't blog super regularly. I just, I don't, um, I, it might be shocking, but I, I do have limited time as mm-hmm. a mother with little kids. Yeah, I get it. Yes. Yeah. And, and you can read more about why I write, kind of how I got into writing. That's, that's all on there. And my current projects, kind of what I'm, what I'm up to these days. And I, I love coming to speak to folks. I, I've spoken to, to parenthood groups and to people like yourself that have a podcast that centers around adversity and, and resilience and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just, just general mm-hmm. audiences. I also mm-hmm. teach writing classes. You can read about that as well. So all those opportunities are going to be there at LaunaRose.com. And you've been an awesome guest here today. And I think folks are going to be impressed when they get on your website and see how accomplished a writer you are. And we're winning several awards and being several things going on in your, in your life and through your writing and very, very expressive. And then also we'll look forward to, you've got a memoir that's coming out sometime in the not too distant future. And we'll look for, for that. You've been a great guest here today, Lorna. We appreciate you being with us. Our guest you, today Brad. on be on beyond adversity has been Lorna Rose. She is all about helping people to claim and affirm and to inspire them and to respond to the question. Is this it? Thank you, Lorna, for being our guest today on Beyond Adversity. Mm-hmm.
What an incredible story of Lorna Rose and her adventures and her challenges and the process that she took to advance in her life and give something to offer to you. You can go to her website, lornarose.com, and find a lot more information. Today, you heard her story, her feelings, and her emotion about getting out of an abusive situation and getting through the L.A. party scene and then ending up the learning experience she had in joining AmeriCorps and then becoming a writer. So I'm going to use that there to help you to learn what you can do in your life to learn from her experiences. Let me give you two things that I cleaned that I want to give to you today. Number one is write. And Lorna talks and teaches about writing small things and big things. She writes journaling and she writes blog posts. And, but she talks about writing things that just express your feelings to yourself and writing things that can be helpful to other folks. And I want to encourage you to do that, that she found her healing process through writing, through writing small things and big things, and through that process, showing vulnerability, claiming her feelings, and to affirm herself, to sit with her thoughts. And then she shares those with others through her website and through her blogging and through her, her writing. So writing is one of them. The other piece of it is what she did when the inclination came to uh, take on the adventure of joining AmeriCorps and going to Alaska and doing something really out of her experience, out of her context, and going and taking an adventure, breaking her patterns in life. And let me encourage you to do that. Whatever situation you are on, break a pattern, take an adventure, go on a trip. Maybe it's getting a new job. Maybe it's uh, uh, just breaking into some new realm in your life. But break a pattern and to do some, something different. I think you can do that. So two things to learn from Lorna Rose today that you can apply to your life, writing and taking an adventure. Here on the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, we're all about helping you find a process in your life to help you to navigate adversity and to achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Over at drbradmiller.com, we've got a free gift for you there. And we also have over 190 episodes where we talk to experts and leaders and teachers and authors who have developed their own process of navigating adversity and achieving peace of mind in their life. If you want that in your life, I just want to encourage you to go on over to drbradmiller.com and to check that out. If you like what you hear, share the good news with other people. We're here every week. My name is Dr. Brad Miller. I have my own process to be helpful to you as well called the ACTS plan, A-C-T-S plan. If you want to know about, more about that, you can head over to drbradmiller.com. We see you every week to speak into your life to help you to grow through what you go through. Until next time, friends, Dr. Brad Miller here, encouraging you to always do all the good that you can. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com. Or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose.